And now I'm going to look at a message that I've just simply called, That I May Know Him, That I May Know Him. In Philippians 3, verse number 8, it says this. It says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Let's pray. Father, I just ask you, Lord, that you would just guide me in this message this morning, that, Lord, you would help us to understand the importance of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to grow from this message and to change and to become more profitable for you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So, in this next passage of scripture here, we're going to look at our surrender to know Christ. It's interesting, when you got saved, and it's interesting, anytime someone gets saved, they really don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, they know an aspect of him, but it's very important that someone just gets saved, that you help disciple them to know who Jesus is. Because if there's an attack today, it's on taking young believers that don't really have a handle of the relationship with the Lord and give them false information about the Lord Jesus Christ. See, just because you're saved doesn't mean you know God. What that means is, is that he knows you. And that's important. And in fact, the scriptures say in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Iniquity is an aspect of self-will. It's, it's doing what I want to do. So here you see these people that he's talking about are religious people. They're doing all kinds of things. They say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done many wonderful works? The Lord looks at them. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. You see, salvation, when that comes in your life, it's where Jesus knows you. That's salvation. After salvation is a time now where you know him. That's what happens after you get saved. Your life now must be committed to a process of learning about the Lord Jesus Christ. I know many of you are probably married here today. And just because I got a ring on my finger way back in 1994, I believe it was, 95, doesn't really mean that I knew my wife really well. I knew her, but I didn't know her as well as I know her now. You see, just because you're saved doesn't mean you really know Jesus Christ. You know that he's God. You know that he came and died for you on the cross and paid for your sin. You know that he rose up from the grave. 
And so those things you do know, and you had to know those things in order to be saved. Without them, you can't be saved. It's a gospel, right? The death, the burial, the resurrection. But sometimes Christians, because they're not giving themselves to knowing Christ and to growing, to becoming what God wants them to be, they never really learn about who Jesus Christ really is. And that's why the Apostle Paul, later on in in, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, when talking to believers, he says, I fear that you have been deceived from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. There were those that came by and started to teach other things and they got all confused because they didn't give themselves to know who Jesus Christ is. Folks, after I got saved, someone could have really messed me up by telling me a bunch of stuff. But you know, now a little bit later on in life, after preaching uh, (laughs) 20 years or so, it's a lot harder for someone to come to me and mess me up. Amen. Because I know him. I know who he is. And you can come to me and you can say, oh no, this is what I believe. I say, hey, you can believe what you want. But all I know is that Jesus you're talking about, he's not mine. I'm not stumbled by that. See, you got to get to a place in your life where you're confident that you know Christ. That you know him. Where someone could come along and throw all the doctrines of hell at you. And you'd walk out of there and say, ha, I know him. You can't twist me on that. Amen. But many people, after they just get saved, the Lord knows you, but you don't know him. And if you haven't been giving yourself to learning about him, you've got to be careful because you can be deceived. You can be led astray. Amen. So here he's talking about knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Know, when he says that I may know him, he's talking about come to know or to gain or to receive a beginning knowledge of. So in other words, he's saying, I'm starting this process of understanding who this person is. Just like when you get married, unless you're all these know-it-all, you think, I know everything. You don't. (laughs) Amen. You're just starting to learn about your wife. I mean, yeah, but we dated. Well, (laughs) dating and being married are two different things. But when you get married and you start living day after day with the same person, you begin to learn them. Amen. And know them. And you will learn to have a knowledge of your, of your spouse that no one else would ever be able to know. Even their own mother. Even their own father. That's the intimacy of that relationship that God wants us to have in marriage. But that's also the picture in marriage that God wants us to see in our relationship between Christ and the believer. So just because you're married doesn't mean you know your wife. Doesn't mean you know your husband. But what it does is it kicks off a process of knowing. (laughs) Now I'm going to spend the rest of my life learning about my wife or learning about my spouse so I can understand them and we can grow together, become unified, amen, and know more about each other. And so that's very important. Um, You can begin to know Christ when you are in Christ. How it says here in the next verse, that I may know him. So in other words, being found in him with imputed righteousness now gives me the potential to know him. All of this happened in my salvation that I may know him. I got saved so I could know him. So after I'm saved now, the Lord is expecting me to look up to him and say, Lord, show me who you are. 
Explain to me. Help me to understand. Folks, just because you're saved, you don't know Christ. He knows you. But you don't know him. You need to learn him. That was the Paul, that's what the Apostle Paul is doing in this passage. He's making a little bit of a transition in the topic. He's saying, I'm going from talking about salvation, and now I'm talking about surrender to knowing Christ so that I can be used by him in my service, that I may know him. Christ cannot be known through our carnal senses or by what we go through. A lot of people are like that. You talk to people in the world and say, oh, I know God because I went through this. Well, I'm sorry, your external circumstances aren't going to teach you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Sure, you can learn stuff. I can learn stuff from creation about God. I can learn stuff about how God does things in this world, of course. But you will never know Christ until the Holy Spirit of God comes in your heart and opens up your eyes that you can understand him at a spiritual level. That's where knowing him begins. I like 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose, rose again. Folks, that just sounds reasonable, doesn't it? If he gave his life so that I could live, don't you think that I should make a decision to take my life and now live that life for him? If he gave me the ability to live life because of his sacrifice for me, don't you think that I should turn around and sacrifice my life for him? That's reasonable. But you know, many of us that are Christians don't do that. We don't have that kind of love that constrain us to give our life to him. It says, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. In other words, he says, we knew him when he was on earth, and we saw him, and we perceived things, and we studied him with our carnal eyes. But he says, yet, now henceforth, know we him no more. That means, it's no longer about us seeing him doing things on this earth and so forth. He says, we're not learning about him from what he does down here. We're learning on a far deeper, deeper level than that. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So here it's saying that we henceforth know no, man, no more man after the flesh. That means we don't judge the same way that we did before we were saved. It's so easy to be able to look at people and say, oh, I know about you. Folks, you don't know that until you understand the deeper things of God. It's easy to have someone pretend. But the Bible says we know no man after the flesh. And we did know Jesus after the flesh, but we don't know him after the flesh anymore. Now we know him on a spiritual level. Amen? How do you know Christ on a spiritual level if you're not spiritually alive? Amen? And that's what we'll see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says in verse number 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, 
Neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man that is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, and the natural man is the lost man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. If you're born again, you've got the Spirit of God inside of you. That Spirit of God searches the deep things of God. And that Spirit of God inside of you teaches you who Jesus Christ really is. The natural man can't get that. That means if you want to know him, you've got to be saved. You've got to be born again. There's got to come a time in your life where that dead spirit that's been separated from God has become alive again. You hath he quickened that were dead in your trespasses and sins. Amen? That's the new birth. And I encourage you today, if you're here today without Christ, that today would be the day of your salvation. That today you could now have the potential to know Christ. Because you can't know him until his spirit is in your heart. Amen? You guys get that? There's three things I just want to point out from this passage. Number one, know the person of Christ. The person. Notice what it says in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. Him. Him is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ should be the fixation of our seeking. He should be everything. A lot of people, I'm seeking for the Spirit. Don't seek for the Spirit. (laughs) Seek for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the visible aspect of God. He is the brightness of his glory, the Bible says. The glory is the essence of God. That's the weight of God, the substance of God. Who Jesus Christ is, is the brightness of that weight, of that essence of God. He is the visible aspect of who God is. (laughs) We're not supposed to give ourselves to seek the Spirit. We're here to give ourselves to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to know the Lord. That's who we need to know. That I may know Him. Him. Him is Jesus Christ. I was sad this, uh, just recently I met somebody that they were leaving their church because they wanted to learn more things about the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not saying don't learn about the Spirit of God. I mean, I've taught lots on the Spirit of God. But folks, The Spirit of God, even the Bible says, does not testify of himself. He speaks of him. Who's him? Jesus Christ. Folks, you got to be careful you don't be led away with these schisms that are out there. Oh, yeah, you got to know the Spirit. Hey, if you know Christ, you'll know all you need to know about the Spirit. 
You'll be guided into all that truth. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You need him first. You give your heart to Christ. You make him the central fixation of your life. The hub of your wheel. Amen. He has to be everything. And when, you're, when you do that, you will not be drawn astray by some of the spirit teaching that's out in this world today. And there's a lot of garbage out there. The tongues movement, the healing movement. Be careful. It's not scriptural. Amen. Learn Christ and you'll understand why. And the problem is, many people are being drawn astray. You know why? Because they don't know him. They don't know Christ. And that's why they're going off in all kinds of directions today in their doctrine. Him. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, talking about your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So here the husband is given a command to dwell with their wife according to knowledge, knowing them. That means you can't do that by going hanging out in the basement when your wife's upstairs. You can't be in the shop all day long <laughs> when your wife is taking care of the kids and you're out playing with your toys. A husband is supposed to know their wife. You're supposed to be one together. Amen. I'm not saying you can't have your shop or your toys. I'm just saying be careful. <laughs> you are commanded by God to dwell with your wife according to knowledge. Knowing them. That's the same thing it is with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. You will know what they desire, what they would do in situations of life because you spend time with them. Knowing Christ is understanding Christ and who he is in his very character. You would know before you even have to look up a Bible verse whether Jesus would do that or not. Nowadays you say, oh, Jesus told me this. Jesus, Well, that's not my Jesus. <laughs> Well, Jesus would do this for me. He did that for me. He, he, he's told me to do this. I'll say, my Jesus wouldn't tell me to do that. If your Jesus told you to do that, all I know is your Jesus is not mine. So you've got to get to the place where you know Jesus that well, that you'll know when someone talks about a different Jesus, say, that's not mine. We do that with each other. Someone says, oh, I know Eric Martinet. Yeah, he's eight feet tall. And he's Spanish. I'll say, Eric? He says, yeah, that's Eric. I said, no, it's not. That's not who he is. See, I could very dogmatically say, that is not who he is because I know who he is. Amen? And we can bring that down to levels on a spiritual level with Lord Jesus Christ where we know that is not who my Jesus is. I'm not going to be manipulated by your little story here. Amen? But many Christians are because they do not know him. They do not know him. The knowledge of Christ is purposeful. In John 17, verse 3, it says, And this is life eternal, that we might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Why does he give us life? One of the main purposes is so that you can know who he is. You can spend your eternity with him learning about who he is amen folks do you understand that if you do then you've already started that process down here 
You've already given yourself to learning. You're spending time in the Bible. You're, you're seeking the Lord. You're seeking to understand his heart in things. Amen. And I'll tell you, you look at the scriptures, that you can learn much about Jesus Christ in the word of God. You really can. The knowledge of Christ is also prominent. In verse 8 it says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Now what does that mean? What does the excellency of the knowledge mean? Excellency means above or over, to extend past something. So the knowledge we have of Christ is beyond and above any other knowledge that you could seek. Yet folks, we give ourselves to seek all kinds of things, but we don't seek Christ. We want excellent knowledge, then we have to seek after Christ. I understand we go to school sometimes. We learn for a trade. We learn this, we learn that. Nothing wrong with that. But folks, if that stuff is becoming more excellent to you than Jesus Christ, there's something wrong with your Christian life. You ought never trade the one for the other. Keep Christ's knowledge excellent. That's the one that's above and beyond. That's the one that you ought to be focusing on. He is your fixation. You learn of him every day. You learn of him in every situation of life. How would Jesus handle this thing at work? How would Jesus handle this thing at church? How would Jesus handle this marriage issue? Hey, if you would do it like that, I guess all of us would have very strong marriages. We'd have strong work relationships. We would be a very strong church. If we would know him. But you know what we do? We seek for every other knowledge except for the right knowledge. That is the one to hold prominent is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what we teach our kids. We teach them about Jesus Christ. It's so important they understand that. That's why we bring them to Sunday school. That's why we make them uh, get into a situation where they're in a teaching situation where they learn. This is all about learning about Jesus. Amen? It makes a priority in their life. We have to do that for them. I can't tell you how many people over the years I've met that maybe are not walking with God or maybe out of church, but when I start talking to them, the one thing that comes to their mind, I used to go to Sunday school. I'll tell you, it's seriously important. Our children need to learn the Word of God. No matter what happens in their life, folks, they will always look back at the time where someone gave them the knowledge, the excellent knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it'll stick with them forever. It's so powerful. Some spend their life seeking for knowledge, but not like this knowledge. We can pursue all types of knowledge in life. Some is good, And we do this for our betterment. But you'll not excel if you're not willing to learn about Christ. Every trade, every career has success and whether the one pursuing it is willing to sacrifice for its knowledge. How many of you have ever got a job and never tried to learn it? (laughs) How long did you last? Sometimes I listen to my son. He tells me about some of the workers they have at his workplace And some of them just don't care. Some of them don't care. This isn't important. I don't really care because this isn't really what I want to do anyways. But you know what? It's not about the job. 
It's about the character. Anything you do, whether it's pushing carts, whether it's digging a ditch, you ought to give yourself to know the best way to do it. And then translate that same attitude towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, we're lazy today. We expect handouts. You know? We don't do the work. The the one I hear most is, well, they only pay me this much, that's what they're going to get out of me. Well, if that's all they're going to get out of you, you're never going to get more pay than what you got right now. I'll guarantee you that. No striving for the excellency. Amen? There's an excellency in the knowledge of Christ. Let's give ourselves to that. There's the key to joy in your life is to know Christ. You don't have joy in your life? I'll tell you why. You're not giving yourself to know Christ. If you know Christ, you'd know you'd have joy. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Do you know that all the troubles that I go through, no matter how hard they are, if I keep trusting Christ, he is going to give much honor and glory to Jesus Christ on the day that he's coming again. That is knowing him. Folks, there's joy in knowing that what I'm going through has a purpose. A purpose. Yet all we can do is look at the trouble we're going through, and it's such a waste of time. It's never a waste of time if you keep focusing on Christ. It'll bring joy into your life. Jesus Christ, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. You know what kept him going to the cross? You know what kept him extending his arms out so that he could be, die for us? Is the joy of knowing that he was going to save our souls sitting in this room today. Do you understand? When you begin to learn Christ like that, you begin to understand his heart. You begin saying the same thing. You know what? For the joy that's set before me, I'm going to endure this too. That's a transformation that takes place in your heart when you learn about him. You're changed into his image from glory to glory, amen? The key to peace and rest in your life is knowing Christ. You have peace in your heart. (laughs) The Bible says in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You want to find rest in your life? You want to have peace in your heart? You learn Christ. He is meek and lowly in heart. The key to true strength is to know Christ. In Daniel 11, verse 32, it says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen? You know who's going to do something for God? Those that know him. When you begin to know Christ, that's when you're going to be doing great things for Christ. Amen? Number five, the key to freedom in your soul is found in knowing Christ. Freedom. That's why in John 8, verse 31, he says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.
Amen? You want to be free? You've got to learn Christ. He is the truth. You give yourself to learning him and you'll find freedom. Are you in bondage today to some sin? Are you in bondage to some thought pattern that keeps plaguing you over and over and over again? It's not going to go away by itself. Some sin that keeps dogging you day after day. You come to church, you hear the preacher preaching, you come down, you bow your knees, say, Lord, take it away, and then you go home and there it is again waiting for you. Over and over and over again. Can I tell you why? You're not spending time with him. You give yourself to know him and that sin will be dealt with. But you got to take it seriously. The excellency of the knowledge of Christ. You have to believe it. The key to true personal change is found in knowing Christ. In 2 Corinthians 3, 8, 18, it says, But we all with open face, beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This verse is powerful. Folks, you know what this is saying here? This is saying that if you are a child of God and you've got the Spirit of God living inside of you, as you begin to look upon the Lord Jesus Christ and perceive His glory, notice what it says, that you are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So with Jesus Christ, there's many glories, amen? When I look at Him on the cross forgiving sinners... That's an aspect of his glory. When I see him taking the child upon his knee and praying for him and blessing him, that's an aspect of his glory. Do you know that the Bible says if you as a child of God are given yourself to walk with God and to to walk in the Spirit, as you begin to search the Scriptures and see Jesus in his glories, as you perceive it, you will be transformed into that very image That's the power of change. But you have to make a priority in your life to know Christ. Do you go to the Bible and say, I want to understand how he was when he was on the cross of Calvary. I want to understand what he was thinking and why would he have done that and understand his heart. And when you say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And you allow that to penetrate this whole sinful heart because you're surrendered to what the Spirit of God is doing in your heart. The Bible says he will change you into someone that will say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. A good example of that is Stephen. Later on, the first Christian martyr, as they were stoning him to death, he looks up to heaven, he sees Jesus Christ there. He says, he says Jesus, don't. Lay this sin to their charge. You know why he said that? Because he had been peering in to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He learned who Jesus was. It changed who he was. So that even though they were throwing rocks at him and breaking his head, breaking his bones, he could look at them and say, don't lay this sin to their charge. That's true change. And you know why it is? Because he decided to know Christ. And the same will happen to you. Oh, we could be different. 
Oh, I'm just the same. I can never change. Don't let the devil convince you of something that is a lie. It is an absolute lie. If you are still breathing today, you are here because God wants you to change. And you have the potential for it. You have his righteousness in you that I may know him. And if you know him, you'll have peace. You'll have joy. You will change. You'll be exactly who God wants you to be. In fact, you'll be a little Jesus is what you will be. But if you don't want to know him, well, I'm saved, preacher. He knows you. He knows you, and I I praise God for that. I'm glad one day when you die, you're going up into heaven. But folks, we're not just here to wait to die. Just like I read to you that his love constrains us. We judge that if he died for us so that we could live, I'm going to live my life for him. And if that's the case, you know what you're doing? You're saying, Lord, I need to know you. I need to know you so I could be like you. And if I could be like you, I know you'll be glorified, Lord, and we'll have great joy when you come again. Amen? Do we have that kind of heart today? Are we lost in all of our worldly exploits here? I want to tell you something. Your bank account is going to be gone one day. Any bridge you've ever built, any building you've ever put up is going to burn. It's all going to be gone. You know what's going to last? what you establish in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That goes on forever and ever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul, his heart, (laughs) that I may know him. Jesus Christ. Is that your heart? Let's bow.